All right, good afternoon, everyone. Um, thank you for uh, being with us today. My name is uh, Hazan Mike Weiss. I am the Director of Communications for the Cantor's Assembly. And uh, I am really thrilled to uh, welcome you to our first official collaboration with the European Cantor's Association. Um, a little bit about uh, our two organizations. Uh, first, the Cantor's Assembly, which I represent, obviously. We, uh, we promote the profession of the Cantorate. Uh, we serve our members and their congregations by supporting our colleagues in their roles as vibrant, engaging, vital clergy and musical leaders. We are affiliated with the conservative and Masorti movement, and we serve congregations from across the denominational spectrum. We ensure that our members are fully prepared to lead synagogues and the whole Jewish community through an ever-evolving musical and spiritual landscape. The European Cantors Association is an independent organization. It is a framework for cantors, prayer leaders, and interested laypeople to engage in dialogue, training, and profile raising to ensure that the beautiful and unique music of Jewish prayer continues to enhance synagogue services for future generations. ECA's Cantor conventions are run according to the Orthodox tradition and are open to all who are interested in the music of the synagogue and the role of, and art of the Cantor. Now, our conversation today uh, with Hazan uh, with Dudu Fisher is going to be uh, facilitated by Alex Klein, who is the convener of the ECA. And uh, a little bit about Alex before I turn all this over. Sorry about all the words at the beginning, but uh, we have a lot of, lot of business to, uh, to just get out of the way. Um, Alex was born in London. He's been passionate about Jewish music, especially Chazanut, all his life. And I can tell you for, for, for a fact that that's true because he is on at 2, 3 in the morning on all of our Cantor's Assembly programs. The man just loves this stuff. Uh, as a youth, he took services in Finchley Synagogue and studied at Jews College, attending Rev. Brill's cantorial classes. He settled in Manchester, where he brought significant Jewish artists and cantors for concerts to the UK. He is a champion of Chazanut and has encouraged and enabled many young men to enter the profession. As director of European Cantors Association, he creates European Cantors Conventions in UK and European cities. And uh, with that, I will turn it over to Alex to tell you more about today's program and today's guest. Right. Hello, Dudu, and welcome. It's Hi, great Alex. to see you. Nice to see you again. It's great to see uh, you. We've known each other quite a long time, and uh, we go back many, many years. Well, my grandfather was a Baldfiller, and actually he taught me everything I knew about Chazanot till I became a Chazan, actually. Um, and um, I always loved uh, to listen to a cantor and the choir. Uh, so uh, the truth is that uh, I was singing all, all my life since I was a little kid uh, with uh, choirs and, and I had my, my own band in the yeshiva. We had uh, like a small uh, uh, choir. Um, but uh, then I went to the army, and in the army I went to the rabbinical choir of the Israeli Defense Forces. And um, together with my brother-in-law today, who is Avi Albrecht, whom I'm sure that many of you know about. And um, we spent three years together in the army. And the truth is that right after the army, I, I, I really wanted to become a dentist. That was in 73. 
and I registered myself in the University of Jerusalem. And then I went to a wedding of a friend and um, they asked me to sing. They knew that I'm singing, so I went on, you know, and when I when I finished the song, I came downstairs, down, down the stage and a guy came over to me and introduced himself as Maurice Hirsch from Winnipeg, Canada. And he said to me, where are you a cantor? And I said, I'm not. So he said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to be, I'm going to take dentistry. So he said to me, are you crazy with your voice? You're going to smell stinking mouths of other people for the rest of your life. I'm going to give you a job in, 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 in Winnipeg, Canada, if you want to come to us for, a holiday, for the holidays. And I said, well, I don't know. I don't know. He said, I'll give you $5,000. I said, I'll take it. And, uh, <laughs> and then I went to Kenta Ravitz who was then about 110 years old, because even in the uh, dictionary of the Jerusalem dictionary, um, no, nobody knows when he was born. Like it was like, a, and I went to him and he was old. And then, and, uh, and he said to me, and I said to him, I asked him if he can teach me the Nusach, you know, of the holidays, you know, because I, I knew it, but not as a professional, in a professional way. I, I didn't know exactly the Nusach, how to sing what, which Kaddish comes where. With. So I said to him, I have two months. Can you teach me how to daven? And he said, if you'll be a good student, then you can make So we made it. And, uh, <laughs> and I went to Winnipeg in 73. And um, since then, I came back and I... I uh, I registered myself to the Academy of Music in the University of Tel Aviv, and I forgot about dentistry. And uh, I found out that cantorial life is uh, is best for me right now. So that this is actually when I started working on my cantorial uh, on my cantorial um, career. I went. I I got. I was in when I was twenty two. I was uh, already the cantor of the uh, big synagogue of Tel Aviv. Um, uh, in Allenby Street, if you know the place, and, uh, and the rest is history. I know the story you're telling about. Instead of being a dentist, you should, you, you know, you should start um, using your voice yes. to sing. Yeah, it's a fantastic. The development that you had growing up, because your father was a Holocaust survivor, and um, Baruch Hashem it was through the Kvachik family that he survived. They're, they're absolutely wonderful. Um, and you were the first one of your family to be born in Israel. That's right. Did, did growing up with a Holocaust survivor um, influence you in the directions um, that you were going to take within your um, career? I don't think so, but you know, my father never, never saw himself as a, as a, as a survivor, really, because he said always he was he was saved by a Polish family, the Kvarchak family, in Dubno, in this uh, town where he came from, uh, in a bunker that was dug underneath their homes, then underneath their house, uh, they saved the sixteen members of my father's family. And even though being in a bunker for 18 months, um, 
my fa- for my father, my father always said that they they were in a Hilton. Uh, in comparison to 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 the poor people who went to the concentration camps, camps of course, and he always he, for many years he was looking for the family because they lost their track, you know, and he found them like about 25, 30 years ago, and since then he was uh, in in direct contact. Actually, I'm also in contact now with uh, Alfred Krawczyk, which was one of the kids my father's age, my late father's age. But I don't think that it really uh, it, it really directed me uh, to go in the direction of cantorial. My mother was a good singer. My mother was a great singer. Um, they used to call her in Yiddish the Falone Talan, you know, because she was really, really singing beautiful, my, my mama. And she's, uh, thank God, she's uh, 89 years old today here in Israel. And um, she still sings. And my father also had a nice voice, but uh, for my parents, I think that uh, me being a cantor was a very big thing. I remember they used to come to every Shabbos, I used to daven in the great synagogue of Tel Aviv, and then in Atania, they used to get a hotel, and we used to stay together. I was a bachelor, I was 22 years old, and 23 years old, and uh, they used to come with me and, 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 and enjoy being uh, like I'm, we are, we are the parents of the cantor, you know, and it was like, for my, for me, it was like always, and I, you know, I used to, and later, you know, in, when I became, became a cantor in Kutcher's Country Club in the Catskill Mountains, Alava Shulem, um, I used to bring them also a lot there for Passover or Shoshona, uh, but, but it didn't have a, a real effect on, on my, on my, on me choosing my career. It just happened, you know, all, everything in life, you know, happens. And me being a cantor, because also the fact that I became a cantor on, in, in the great synagogue of Tel Aviv in Allenby Street, um, also was like something that, that was not, not something planned, because what happened was that Chazan uh, Eliezer uh, Herstig was the cantor there before me, and he wouldn't say the Hallel with the Brochet. Always there must be something, you know, the bocha, on a bocha, with the bocha. And the gabe there insisted that the cantor will say the bocha before Hallel on Yom Hatzmaut. Okay? And he wouldn't. So they fired him. So my uncle, I had an uncle here, Sholem Mirkin, who uh, went, he went to the synagogue and he said to him, listen, I have a young cousin, he's only 22 years old, 21, 22 years old. But he, I, I think that he's He's gonna be something. He said, "I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you a donation of the salary of you, the, what you're gonna pay him." And that's how I became a cantor in in Allenby Street uh, um, in uh, in Tel Aviv. That was my first job. So, what made you choose a cantorate as opposed to show business, or do you equate the cantorate as being show business, but in the synagogue? Or do you think it should be separated? Well, it's shul business, you know, it's shul business, not show business, but it's shul business. I'll tell you what, first of all, it was something that was very easy for me to learn. Uh, because because of my grandfather gave me the, 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 the start, he gave me the start of everything. And it was very easy for me to start working as a cantor and making a living. So that was... 
When I was 23, I got married already. And, uh, you know, if, if I wanted to learn, start study something or open a new career, I, I needed time. And I didn't have the time because I was married and I needed to bring uh, Parnosse to my wife and to myself. And that's how I went to South Africa after, right away after I was a cousin in Natania and Tel Aviv in 1975. I went to South Africa and I became a cantor in the Berea synagogue there in Johannesburg uh, after uh, Mandel, Alava Sholem, passed away. And he, he was also one of my teachers, Chazen Shloima Mandel, which was one of the greatest, really, uh, uh, cantors and singers. He was, I, taught, I, I learned a lot from him about Yiddish music and, and singing, how to sing Yiddish music and cantorial music. So I... I really became, everything that happened to me in my life just came. It was, nothing was planned before. I didn't plan to be a chazan. I didn't plan to become a, a, a wedding, to have a wedding band and sing in, in a wedding band, which I did for many years. And I didn't plan to go to Broadway. It was always, always God's Bashert. hands. Yeah, Bashert and God's hands just took me there. And, <laughs> and, and, uh, to, to, to do what I to do what I did. Okay. Um, do you feel that? Uh, did anybody ask you about qualifications? Did you um, study while you were working? Voice lessons are they all these things important, or were you accepted because you had a good voice? I think I don't think that any singer or or actor or cantor can come to to audition and bring with him all his certificates of all the universities he went through, you know, that he has doctorates in. It's not, it, it doesn't work like this. You know, you, you can have, you can have a thousand uh, uh, awards and, and, and letters and everything, but once you have to go on stage, people want to hear what you have to sell. And that's it. And, and, and that's what happened. Every time I had one piece that all my auditions as a cantor, I did with this one piece, and it was Ava Hamim from Pinchik. All, all my auditions and every job I went, I, I, I went to, I got the job because of this piece. But that was different times. Um, is there a, in Israel? I, I'm, I'm not familiar with uh, if there's a body or a, a, an organization that looks after. Cantors. I know there are schools, cantoral schools like Tel Aviv and Eliyafi School. Um, but is there is there someone that looks after the um, the work of the cousin to make sure that um, everything they should be treated with the respect that they deserve, or is it um, one of these um, supermarket jobs where um, you just take a chance and go with the flow? You know, today we have some schools of chazones in, in Israel, in Tel Aviv, in Petah Tikva, you know, Naftali Kenter Her Herstik is also involved together with Eliyafe and some more. But today, all, most Kenters are, are Haredim, Orthodox, ultra-Orthodox people who are, and have beautiful voices, really. They, they're singing beautiful and they're great Kenters, but... Uh, 
but nobody works. I mean, there's no work in Israel as a cantor. I mean, the only synagogue that, that has a cantor today is Ramat Gan with Israel Rand. And, and, the, and the, um, in Jerusalem, the great synagogue, I'm not talking now about the last year that all synagogues were closed, but today, in Tel, you know that in Tel Aviv, we used to have like 25 cantors in, in 25 different synagogues 50 years ago, 60 years ago, 40 years ago. And then, uh, and today there's not one chazan. There's not one, there's not one cantor with a synagogue here in Tel Aviv. And it shows you something that I, I said long ago, that the cantorial has to change. Cantorial music has to change. It's not, people don't have the sablanut, you know, people don't have the, the to sit I today just... and to hear it was good for after the Holocaust, it was great because the Jew in Europe this, this, that's all he had. He didn't have a television. He didn't have, he couldn't go to see an opera. He couldn't go to see a concert. So he, on Shabbat, used to put on his best suit, go to the synagogue, and he could sit there for till two o'clock in the afternoon every Shabbos and to listen to the choir with a 100 piece choir and the cantor. Well, I'm not talking about these great cantors that we used to have these days, but I, I'm, I'm really sometimes I'm wondering what if. All these great names, and I'm talking about Hirschman and Pinchik and Kosovitsky, if they were alive today, how would Chazanut look today? Right. Do you find that countries vary because you go, you mean South America, Brazil, um, America, United States, Europe, South Africa, Israel? I mean, are, is everything basically the same within the, the, the large synagogues? Um, for High Holy Days, for example, do they want change or do they ask for change? Mm-hmm. Or are you are you still asked to sing the t- traditional services, the traditional tunes of Kol Nidre? Or do you bring in Broadway or do you have to bring in various other tunes to excite the congregations? It brings me to a story, you know, in, in when I was a cantor in South Africa, you know, also with great cantors like Bagley and Alava Shalom and, and others, you know. And uh, I, I think I was the first one to do it. I don't know. But I sang on Shabbat. I sang on uh, which which tefillah it was. Uh, I sang Be'arvut Negev, you know, the, the Israeli melody. I don't remember which which tefillah it was. You know that the Cantors Association had me on trial because of this. They said, how could you dare to take an Israeli melody and bring it to the Nusach of the tefillah? How could, how did you dare? That was the... Look, of course, you cannot change Kol Nidre. You, can, you cannot change Hineni. You cannot change the Uves. You know, you cannot change the... the, the, the there are certain filot that you cannot change them. But, of course, today, all they want to hear... And, and you know, also, when I was in Kutcher's Country Club, right? People came there. They don't really... They're not religious. They don't really... Uh, people, who come, people who come for Rosh Hashanah to Kutcher's Country Club 
are people who are not affiliated with the synagogue. You know, they don't go every Shabbos to the synagogue. Once a year, they came to Kutches and they stayed from Rosh Hashanah till after Yom Kippur. And they, and they didn't, they don't understand the words. I, they didn't understand, they don't have any idea what am I talking about. So when I used to bring in a tune from, from a Broadway tune or any other tune or Israeli tune, they showed interest into the tefillah. They started asking, oh, I know this melody. And then he started looking at the words, you know, and, and he said, wow, look at this. He brought the Phantom of the Opera to the, the you know, things like this. That's what they want to hear today, unfortunately. They want to have a communal singing. But for communal singing, you need to be a cantor for 20 years, like my brother in law, like Avi. He's, he's in his synagogue and, he, and they know all his melody. And he writes, he's, he composes his own music. So they, the congregation, they know all his songs, all his melodies, you know, and they all sing together and they love it. They love singing together. And, and not only there, everywhere, in every concert that I do, people love to sing. People love to, to be a part of what's going on in, on stage. And, and um, that's, 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 what, that's what happens today. Um, you're unique in, in many ways. Um, the thing that comes to mind is you have a contract in the West End and on Broadway that you don't have to appear on a Shabbat or a Yom Tov. How did that come about? And are you? I believe you're the first person to have such a contract. Well, how did it happen? <laughs> Look, in Israel, uh, I got the part of Jean Valjean in, in, uh, in Les Miserables. And Cameron McIntosh, the world producer of Les Mis and all other big numbers, big, big names, he came to Israel for the, for the, uh, for the uh, premiere. And right after the premiere, he came to me and he said, Dudo, I'd like you to come to Broadway. I'd like you to come to do it on Broadway because I felt when you sing Bring Him Home in the theater here in Israel, I had to explain to him that 99.5% of the people who come to the theater have something or had somebody in the army, fighting in the army, uh, 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 you know, uh, wounded in the army. So when I sing Bring Him Home in Israel, it's it's never going to be like I'm singing it on on, on, on the West End or, or in, on Broadway. It's so different. I had to explain it. But then I, I said to him, Look, Cameron, I, I'd like very much. This is a dream of every actor. You know, it's my. It's the first show I did was the first play I played in. The first musical was uh, Les Miserables, and 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 I got the, the I got the lead part. And I said to him, I'd love to do it, but I know it will not be possible. He said, Why not? I said to him, It's a long story. <laughs> it's a long story. So. And I explained, I had to explain to him that the Friday night and Saturday is for the family, that you have to live with the family, you have to be with the family, and you cannot go to work. So he said, but this is not work. You come, you sing, and you go home. It's not work. Anyway, so he said to me, look, I really want you to be, to be there. Let me see what I can do. And then he left. And the next step was after after many months that I didn't hear from him, and my mother suggested that I go see the Lubavitcher Rebbe. I said to my mother, what, what, am, what do you want me to do with the Lubavitcher, to talk to the Lubavitcher Rebbe about Broadway? I mean, people, you know, people are coming to the Rebbe with so much sorrows and so much problems. What am I, 
So she said to me, she was, she's very clever, my mother. My mother said, look, this is the things that bothers you now most. And I see that you're going down. And I was really going down because he, he wanted me. And here I am coming, the, the big shot, you know, telling him I cannot do Friday night and Saturday matinee and the Jewish holidays. And uh, I went to the Rebbe and uh, I met him in person. And uh, I said to him that... I want, they want me to do Lemis. I asked him, do you know what Lemis is? You know, I asked the rabbi, you know what Lemis? I forgot that this rabbi has like nine doctorates from the Sorbonne in, in, in Paris, you know? This is not such an ordinary rabbi, you know? And he said, of course I know. I was so happy that he knows what I'm talking about, you know, because I, 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 I felt so relieved that he knows what I'm speaking about. And uh, I said to him, well, they want me to do the lead thing about... But I told them that I cannot work Friday nights and Saturday matinees. I need a broche from the Rebbe, you know. The... So he held my hand and he said to me, Halzach start mit Yiddishkeit and Alts wird sein gut. He said to me, hold your Jewishness. Don't be shy that you're Jewish and don't be shy to tell them that a Jew don't, don't have to, doesn't have to work on, on Shabbat. Shabbat is a resting day which the Jewish people brought to the world on Mount Sinai. And we just read about it in the portion of the week, you know. And, and so that's the blessing that the Rebbe gave me. And the truth is that after a couple of weeks, I received a call from Cameron McIntosh to come to do the show. And, um, and that's, that's how it all started. Then he took me to London. And then, but you, you see, I, I think that my achievement, my, my big achievement is not getting the part on Broadway because a lot of people are playing on Broadway, you know. But to, to do really to do Broadway and there's a star next to your name that Dudu Fisher is not working on Friday nights and Saturday matinees because of religious reasons. And that was, that, that's what I'm taking pride of. My, I really, I'm really proud of, the, of this fact that I did it and uh, that it worked. So in the West End, when you were, also did lay biz in the West End, um, I presume it was the same contract because and my son used yeah, yeah. to see you in, in Marble Arts Shul on a Shabbat morning. And um, so um, it, it's, it's very, very difficult. But do you think you have opened the, the way for other Jewish people to appear on the stage and be Shema Shabbat? I received, till today, I'm receiving so many people that... Uh, so many emails and so many uh, uh, calls from young Jewish religious people who would like to be on Broadway. And I tell them, and I tell them that it's, you have to be very strong about it because, because it's not easy. It's not easy to get a call from uh, Los Angeles uh, to come and play Fiddler on the Roof for a week in, a, in an open stadium of uh, 20,000 people but you have to play Shabbat and you say no. It's not easy when you get a call from, from Las Vegas to do shows in Las Vegas and to say no, because the money is very big, fame is very big, but you can't do it, you know? And I'm not, I, I, don't, I don't think that I'm such a big tzaddik, you know, I'm not such a big tzaddik, but I think that it's very important the Shabbos for me is very important because, as we say, as everybody knows, it's cliche like 
that more that the Shabbos kept us more than we kept the Shabbos. Uh huh. I want to ask you about Branson, Missouri, because uh, I, that is something so so special. And again, I am. Um, you're, you've done something unique that other people have not done before. Um, can you tell us all about it and how that came about? Yes, I received a call one day from Victoria Hearst. You know the Hearst family? Uh, yeah. You know, every American knows about the Hearst family, of course. Uh, they're, they're very big tycoons of uh, uh, media and uh, they own... So one, one of the... Victoria... Uh, who became later a very good friend of mine. He, she, she's an evangelist. And she asked me to come to do a show in, uh, in Texas, somewhere where she lives. And uh, I did the show there. And uh, after the show, a woman, came, a woman came back to me and she introduced herself as a pastor uh, from Branson. And she said to me, you should come to Branson. I said, what's Branson? She said, I said, who's Branson? What's Branson? I never heard, never heard the name Branson in my life. Anyway, right away, I took my manager and we went to Branson. Branson is a place in Missouri. It's a small town, but it has more theater seats than Broadway. They have like a hundred theaters there and they have many, many shows. It's the evangelical people who doesn't want to go to places like Vegas because it's not clean or New York. They're coming to Branson to see clean shows. They come with the children and Branson became like a, 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 a center of culture for Christians. And I said to myself, oh my God, I mean, this is a place, I mean, I'm going to come do a show about Jerusalem. I'm going to do a show about Jerusalem for, because for the evangelicals, it was uh, a great, great thing. And uh, for five years, I was there. We didn't make, I, I came there every, every year for about two months. I spent two months. I rented the theater. I did all the, all the production by myself. And the, the problem was that I didn't make any money there. You couldn't make money because, because the evangelicals, they, they pay like for the for the other shows and they had shows there like the three tenors the the this, the texan tenors the ten they had, they had many many shows there and the payment is so low they pay for tickets so low like 18 dollars or something like this it, it, it was impossible to make really and to come and spend two months there you know and not really make anything out of it i stopped it after four four or five years i don't know how long i was there but but it was it was an amazing experience because the the people who came they went nuts they were so so and I sang for them in many languages you know songs about Jerusalem in French and in in, in Yiddish in Hebrew and English of course Spanish I sang in in every major language I sang I sang songs there and. Uh, it had to be stopped because it was, you know, I didn't, I didn't see a future in there. As an ambassador, you, you've created so much um, goodwill. Uh, I believe you've also met the Pope and, um, a, a, and a special um, invitation. I mean, that w must have been absolutely tremendous for 
um, an Israeli Jewish boy and yeah. a cantor to meet the head, of, the head of the Catholic Church. Right. Well, how did yeah. how did that, how did that happen? You, your That's career so varied. The Pope, the Pope came to Israel for a visit of about two days. I think he was here, and they decided to make a, to make a show for him. And uh, it was in the president's house in Jerusalem. And they called me and they just asked me to sing. And I came and I sang, of course, I sang, uh, sang some Israeli stuff, but also I sang Bring Him Home uh, from Les Mis, which became my, you know, I think really Les Mis was, I mean, I think there's only one other uh, uh, musical that I love, I really love, and that's Fiddler on the Roof. Which I love to play, in. and 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 I, Les Mis was really the the the. I think I was, I don't know. It was like me being a Jewish boy, not to be famous in a Jewish show, you know, like as Jean Valjean, uh, in a like in a different show. It was. I felt really that I I, I made something special here, and. Uh, I loved, I loved, I mean, the song Bring Him Home is, is one of the, my favorites, of course, and there's no show that I can, I can leave the stage without doing it. Uh, but the Pope, but the Pope, it was, it was an ama amazing experience. I also had the chance to chat to him a little bit, which he spoke a little bit, but so was Ludo with Clinton and then with Obama when he was here. I've been a great, I had a great life. Now I can see because I know I see that you know my history better than me. You remind me of all kind of stuff. Um, if you had to give advice to somebody today, either going into show business and music, and also maybe the cantorate, um, what advice would you give them? How do you think they should progress? And uh, what should they do in in order to um, gain experience and and know what they're doing as a shliatzibo or a baltafilo or a chazan? Oh yeah, what yeah, would you, what would you say? That's the million dollar. That's the million dollar question. You know, um, it's very 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 difficult. It's 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 work work work. And um, I'm telling you, it's like, so I remember when I came back from South Africa to Israel, after I, I see that I saw that I couldn't stand anymore because when I got the, when I got the job, when I got the job in Johannesburg, I didn't know what is uh, actually um, racist. You know, I, I never, never, never heard it, especially if, when I come as a second generation for the Holocaust, but I only only when I came there and I had the contract already for three years I couldn't I couldn't leave in the middle. I understood what when I used to see in the parks that those benches you know only blacks only only whites buses only whites only blacks I couldn't stay in there I couldn't stay there anymore. So after three years I went back to Israel and I. I didn't have what to do. I, 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 I didn't have work, you know, so I, I, I started a wedding, wedding band. And uh, I, and of course you cannot make a wedding, start a wedding band 
from scratch with nothing. So I sang in other bands for for nothing, for for only only for people to hear to hear me to 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 try to get my name around. And uh, and you know something funny that now in the Corona time that everything was closed, all the theaters were closed, the synagogues were closed, and we didn't have any jobs, you know, not for Pesach, not for the holiday. Who thought a year ago when we were sitting in Pesach alone in the house, you know, that we're going to, the next, that this Pesach is going to be also maybe like this, hoping that not, but who knows. But now in the Corona, I worked a lot, actually. I really did work a lot. I did, uh, you know, in old-aged homes in Israel, something that I would never dream of doing. You know, singing in a for Bobkes for 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 no for almost no money. But now it became like also a mitzvah because all these people they were depressed in depression because they didn't see their kids and their grandchildren for a year. And they are they are very upset and and they have nothing to do in those old age domes and gated communities, you know, of old people. And uh, I said that that's what I have to do. That I have to go sing for them, money, no money, just to get out from home, and give them something to talk about for two weeks, you know. That you know who was here, Dudu Fisher was here. You know who was here, Dudu Fisher. Was and I I was working almost every day because you know that because of because everybody wanted to, to me to come there and now I cannot stop it I want to stop now and I cannot stop it anymore so I have to continue doing it and but but it gives me such a great pleasure because I'm doing a lot of shows in zoom you know I'm zooming a lot you know with the congregations in America and uh, all over the world, actually, with organizations, all kinds of organizations, I'm doing shows for them, not like this from home. I'm doing it in a studio, you know, like on a stage and everything. But uh, this is really, uh, this year was uh, an experience. I'm sure that for all of us, I mean, for all, all cantors who are sitting at home and the synagogues are closed and it's time. But the truth is, that this last holiday, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, I didn't go down outside, you know, they had Minyanim outside, Minyanim, and they had the, in shuls, in little places. I stayed at home. I didn't, I davened, actually, it's a year already that I'm davening at home, till today, I'm, I'm not going Shabbat, there's no shul to go to, and outside, I don't like to go outside. So I'm, I'm sitting at home, and I think it was the best tefillah that I ever davened. Because suddenly it was not show business. I didn't have to put on a suit, a beautiful suit and tie and everything, you know, and the hat. And I was at home with my tracksuit, with a talis, looking at the words. Avinu mena Plague, you know, talking about plague. Who? I mean... Do we know what plague is? We have no idea what plague is. I mean, our generation, we never heard about plagues. Our fathers, when they came here to Israel in the 30s, in the 20s, they had cholera and, and all kinds of... But we never heard about it. And, and in the in the, in the, in the machzor, 
suddenly I started paying attention to words which I never paid attention before. And it was the first time that I was davening really for myself and not for the people at the back or in front of me. It was the first time that I davened and I, I say thank you to Hashem really I, 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 that, that I had this experience in my life that I could sit at home, take the machzo, sit in the terrace and I live here in Natania right on the water on the beach, see, look at the beach, look at the waters and say, God, how great are you? Um, is there any anything that's on your bucket list that is very, very important that you still want to do or strive to do, something that is very important to you that you haven't done or haven't achieved? Is there any ambitions that you you're still have? About, you're, you're talking about dreams, right? Nachon. <laughs> so listen, first of all, if I tell you a dream, then it's not a dream anymore. So there are many, many, many things that I really want to do. And uh, I really feel I'm, I'm 69 now and I'm going to be 70 next year. I don't really feel that I'm this age, you know, my voice is fine. My voice is great. I'm, I'm feeling really in good shape. I am in good shape. And uh, I don't really feel the age. I, I, I feel young and I want to do, there's many, many things I want to do. And there's many roles I want to play in my in in, in the theater, in the music theater uh, that that I want to do. And uh, the, I'm writing actually I'm writing a script now for a movie, and I I'm finishing to write it now, uh, and I hope that the movie will will be produced one day. This is also a, a dream of me, my my mine. Um, but I think that really God gave me such a blessing you know to do things that i love to do and to thank god that i'm not a dentist (laughs) 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 that i that i and for me the stage is like the stage for me is like a synagogue i have to tell you i i for me when i go on stage is sacred it's it's kadosh and Mm -hmm. uh, and to be able to sing for a thousand people or 1500 people and uh, to do shows with friends, you know, like, like uh, I-, I love to sing with other cantors like Motsin, like, like, uh, like, uh, um, like, you know, friends of mine that uh, like Simon, Simon Spiro, who's a great yeah. cantor, wonderful, a wonderful musician. Uh, Simon is in Canada and we did a lot of stuff together in the past and, I, I love I love to really to share the stage with people and to do things differently. And um, I really hope that the, that God would allow me in the, in the future to continue to do this work. And uh, because there's so many, we did so many things, you know, that no one before did. Like, I'm not talking about with the Shabbos, but we did this show uh, with my friend Moti Zisser, may he rest in peace. Mm-hmm. In Budapest, in, in, in the opera of Budapest, you know, where Hitler used to have his seat, you know, there in the opera, he used to come see operas there. And it was the first Jewish show that we did there. And we sang, I sang the, I sang the Kaddish that Yossi Green wrote, the Kaddish for the six million, which was an amazing experience to be there. 
and and we did so many so many wonderful things really for the Jewish Jewish culture and the Jewish world. I'm, I I feel so fortunate, so much for so fortunate in my life uh, to do, you know, to have my family, my children, my sister, my son, my brother-in-law, my mother is with me, and 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 really it's it's like for me it was like a journey, and you know we're here only to do this little journey of you know what is 70 80 years 90 years old i mean that you are here bis 100 mitzvonzik to all of us you know till 120 but we are here for such a short time and the journey that i had really uh, uh, i'm so i feel so blessed and satisfied and i'm happy i mean you did tv shows i mean everybody who was anybody wanted to appear on the dudu fisher TV show on a Motzei Shabbat where you entertained and you had all the top singers from around the world. And then you had, um, you decided to do something completely different and you did the Molusky family show, which you took around Israel, which was so successful that you made a recording of it. Um, Absolutely, I think, did you do it with Ati Arad or somebody, or I mean, I can't remember who you were singing with, but um, yeah. <laughs> you know, why, why did you choose Malofsky out of everybody? Why did I choose Malofsky? Because Malofsky is, uh, you know, Malofsky gave the people what they wanted, very beautiful melodies, Although he was a great Zuber, he was a wonderful chazan and everything. But his music is is a great music for today. If you talk about uh, Ben Yakirli or uh-huh. you know, all, all those, the songs, the songs, the melodies that he brought into the synagogue and with his girls, you know, uh, with the girls and everything. People loved it here. And, and uh, I think that he was maybe also... Moishe Oisher and Waldman also, they also made a big, a big change. Even though they lived 50 years ago and 60 years ago, they did something different than any other cantor. Uh, uh, Moishe Oisher with his uh, shtick, you know, with his shtick of the blah, 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 blah. And, 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 and uh, so, but you know, you know something I wanted to tell you that I, what I'm really, proud of is what I did with the children. I have I have a line of children's uh, DVDs, mm-hmm. uh, 19 of them. We did 19 till today. Now, actually, we're doing another one for Chabad. We're doing something for Chabad. And uh, we, I did 19 uh, uh, videos of, of uh, Jewish culture for religious and non-religious kids. They, you know, we did we did like a survey in, in Tel Aviv. So we asked questions like, uh, do you, uh, kids that are not religious, right? Okay, so we went and he said, you know what is uh, Lulav? Lulav? They don't know. You know what is, uh, they, they didn't know basic things from- Yeah, educating children, which is absolutely so, important. Yeah. Absolutely nothing, nothing, not, and we did 19 uh, uh, um, videos about Judaism, Judaism, about the holidays, about the Shabbos, about about the uh, you know, all kind of uh, the 
many things that people don't know even that it comes from our traditions, from our sages. And uh, this is something really that I'm taking very big proud of it, and it's selling very well, and it's uh, till today. Uh, although the first one was like the first the first video that we did for kids was a joke for me. It was a joke, like for singing Yiddish, and you know, suddenly to go to sing for children was a joke. What it was. But it was such a great success that uh, we continue to do it and it sells all over the world. And also today, we, even though there's no videos anymore and there's no CDs anymore, but you can get it online. It's, it's called Bagan Shil Dudu in Dudu's kindergarten. And, uh, and it's something really, I think that it's equivalent for me being on Broadway and not playing on Shabbos for me to teach the children. And you know, the great, the greatest pride for me was that the bus on Shabbat, I'm walking to synagogue and a bus stops next to me and people are coming down the bus and they said, Dudu, thank you very much for the videos he did for the children. It's the best babysitter for us. People are not religious, but they buy this thing, you know, to show their kids that there is there is God, there is Shema Israel, there is uh, there's prayers, there's Shabbat, there's Pesach and Shavuot. And so for me, it was a great, great thing. Something um, that's come to my mind when you talk about children, um, I haven't mentioned about your trip around Poland. You made a video, a documentary, where you visited the old Jewish sites of Poland which when I watched it and I saw you, um, Elokai Neshama, I mean, tears were pouring down my, my face and I could see how emotional it is for you. <clears throat> with, with the way the world is today and prejudices, how important is it for us as Jews to revisit these places and to say to um, those that were there, we're here, Baruch Hashem, and yeah. we, we um, et cetera, et cetera. You know, where, you know where I'm coming from. This is uh, with the March of the Living that we did the yes. March of, for, for so many years, and I was there almost every year. And uh, <coughs> to be there every year was really a triumph victory. It, it was like a victory, you know, you're walking there. I remember the first time I went there, I went with my father. I took my father also, he met his saviors, the people who saved his life. And then to Daven a Shabbos in Nozick synagogue in, in, uh, in Warsaw was for me to close a circle because Hasan Shloime Mandel, whom I came after him to South Africa, was the cantor of Nozick synagogue also uh, in his days before he came to South Africa. And uh, to be there and to see is not like to hear. Seeing is not like hearing. And I urge every one of you guys, I mean, to get there and to see with your own eyes what our people went through and how thankful we have to be to God for having this piece of land here where I am here now in Israel, that, that uh, 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 when you come back from there, when you come back from Poland to Israel, you want really to, to kiss the earth because, because we never 
suffered this kind of things that you see there, how people stood there in the cold with pajamas, you know, with the pajamas and, and, and wooden, sh wooden uh, shoes in freezing, freezing cold weather. That's why my father always used to tell me I was in a Hilton. I was staying through the war in the Hilton, even though it was 18 months in a bunker, but we were hot. We had something to eat. And, and that was, that was nobody beat us. Nobody killed us. Nobody burned us. Nobody, you know, for, I just came back actually about three months ago. Luckily enough, uh, luckily enough, um, Lithuania and Latvia were were green countries and I could travel to these countries for a week. I was there a week. I did a movie. I did a documentary movie uh, with uh, uh, a guy from from uh, uh, Boston. His name is Eugene and he came from there. And this movie is to show that the heroes, you know, the, the, the so-called heroes of the Latvians and the Lithuanians, they were the biggest murderers of Jewish people. And today they're buried in the beautiful cemeteries and they get such big COVID, you know, everybody thinks about them as a heroes. And we, we, you know, we literally showed people that they were murderers. They showed the Germans that it's okay to kill Jews, you know, and, and, and nobody's getting punished for it. And we did a, a, a wonderful movie, which is called the Baltic, uh, how did they, how did they call the, the movie uh, about Baltic something? I don't remember, sorry, but it was a, an amazing experience to come to the city where my mother was born in Riga. My mother was born in Riga. Uh, in 1932, and uh, also with the blessing of the Chabad Rebbe, the Rayats, uh, she was. My grandmother had big troubles, you know, during the, the during the labor, and uh, and the Rebbe gave gave her a broche, and my mother was born it's healthy. So to be there, it was also like closing like a circle, you know, closing a, 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 a and and. The experience that we had there was was amazing. Baltic Truth, that's the name of the movie. Watch for it when it comes on, on television. Baltic Truth. And uh, this is going to be a, a really uh, great, great documentary. Thank you so much. Such an enthralling hour spent talking to you. Um, and I know people want to ask you a few questions. And I would like to hand over to Russell who would um, ask the questions on people's behalf, if you don't mind. Thank you, Alex. Thank, thank you, Alex. Thank you very much. Well, uh, probably uh, due to the most popular question was, could you sing something? So you, you've uh, you've already done that. <clears throat> There's a question here from Judy Fryer uh, to, uh, why did you choose to go by Dudu? What, what do your friends call you? What does your wife or your parent call you? Well, they gave me the name. My real name is David, of course. And uh, my grandmother used to call me Dudale, like the song, you know? Do, do, yeah, yeah do, 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 do. And, um, and that's, that's how I, my friends, my, my family, everybody calls me Dudu. 
So I chose this uh, name. I know in America it's not such a great name, but uh, <laughs> but I prefer to stay with this name, even even in America. I said I said, look, if people will not remember me as a singer, they will remember me by the name. Which is very true. Absolutely. Thank you for that. <laughs> Mar Marian Juster asks. Um, she says, I I've heard that your replacement uh, for Shabbat had a sign on his dressing room door that said Shabbos Goy. Is that is that true? That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. When I came to the theater, I was so I was so scared because I was different. You know, I when I came to for rehearsal, the first time I came for rehearsal, um, I didn't know how the rest of the cast, how are they going to accept me because I'm different. I'm not eating everything they eat. I'm not drinking everything they drink. I'm doing only six shows a week. Everybody else does eight shows a week. You know, and then when I came to the dressing room and I saw Dudu Fisher, Jean Valjean, and underneath my name, it was the other guy's name. And it says, it said the Shabbos Goy. Yeah, absolutely. The, the theater, the, the management sheets, that was his name. Um, another question that, that we have here. Well, it's, 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 it's a comment, really, and it's from a, a couple of people. Uh, you, earlier, you said that there isn't uh, a chazan left at a shul in Tel Aviv, and I think a few people were perhaps surprised to, to hear that. Um, you said also that what people want to do now in shul is communal singing. How different in terms of a cantorial skill do you think it is for a cantor to, to encourage communal singing and be known as the cantor of that congregation? You know what they say, the simple things are the most difficult ones. I mean, you can come and sing, ba -ba, ba -bi, ba -ba. people want to daven. If those who come to synagogue, they want to daven and they want, they want spiritual. That's why, that's why Kalibach made it so big in that in every city today, there's a Kalibach minion. Why? Because his, his songs came from the Neshome and to sing Everybody can sing it. Everybody can commun communicate with the cantor. And, and this, is, this, is the, this is the thing today. People do not want to see a concert in Shul. Concert, they go to the concert hall to listen to cantorial music. In synagogue, they want to daven, sing a little bit, maybe one little piece of cantorial. It's like, you know, when I used to get calls from 30 years ago, 40 years ago, let's say from Argentina, okay? So I got a call from Buenos Aires. A manager calls me, a young man. He says, Dudu, listen, in Argentina, everybody's waiting to hear all your Yiddish songs. And I have many Yiddish songs which I recorded. I love Yiddish. I, I still love Yiddish. So I, he said to me, every song on the on the on the on the record we want to hear in the in the show. And today the same the same guy can call me and say, I know that you like a lot Yiddish. One song is enough. Thank you. Sarah Ruderman asks, uh, what did you like best about singing in the Catskills? Oh, the Catskills. The Catskills is a period. It's, it's, it's not singing. It's, it's, uh, it's living, living through. Um, I, I can't even start to tell you what, what was great about that. That, that was, it was a, a way of life. It was, it was something which in Israel we never knew about. We never heard about the Catskills. I never heard about the Catskills till Smith 
the great uh, uh, the great manager, the Kenta's manager, took me there for the first time to show me what it is all about. And it was like right after Shulem Katz passed away, he was the Kenta there before me. And uh, it was everything. It was it was the people. It was the food. Oh, the food. It was the facilities. It was the davening. It was the singing. It was. The Sterner Choir, I don't know how many of you heard about the Sterner Choir, which he, 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 he conducted services with every major cantor, every major cantor. And suddenly I'm, I'm, the, I'm, I'm the, little, the little fisher coming and singing with such a big, a big name, you know, which, which uh, it, was, it, was an, it was amazing. It was amazing. And it was, uh, was good money, too. <laughs> Sam, Sam Sterner, what a name. Yeah, Sam and Rose. Somebody asks, um, you, you spoke about uh, your series, uh, Began Shell Dudu. People want to know, is this available? Is it on Amazon.com, for example? Yes, it's available. You go to a site which is called Began Shell Dudu and you can purchase it online today. Thank you. Um, Evelyn Green asks, uh, how do you see the role of the chazan and the choir in the future? Mm, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want to, I don't want, I'm taking the fifth amendment. I'm not, I'm not talking about let me say that uh, as, a, as a plug here that uh, we, we have three uh, in the upcoming series of Voice of the Canton. One of those is absolutely about Shul choirs. Um, a second is about Karlebach and the third is about where Nusach fits into the service and uh, how Nusach today is still relevant. Can, can I ask you to do a question of my own uh, about do you, you feel that Nusach is still relevant in the Shul today? Unfortunately not. I see people uh, go to Daven, you know, uh, they don't care who Davens and they don't care about the Nusach. And it's terrible. I, I really, I'm, I'm very upset when I go to synagogue sometimes on Shabbat and I hear Nusach of uh, the, the holidays, you know. People don't, uh, uh, there's somebody in the people, in the, in the crowd that he says, I know, I know how to pray, you know. So he goes up because there's nobody there. There's no canter to take control of things, you know. So everyone, every member of the congregation becomes a cantor and they have no idea what to sing and how to sing. And, and, and unfortunately, we're losing it. So in your opinion, who should be the people who, should, who chooses the Shalir Sibba for, um, for the shul for governing? Because it seems the way things are done today especially in the Orthodox synagogues, that if somebody can sing in tune and could go, oi, 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 then, um, and he might have two and a half records of Rosenblatt, which he, if he wants to escape the bathroom, then he, yeah. he, he's entitled to sing. Is there, do you think there's a way of stopping it? Do you think we need um, either a union or something within a, a governing body within the, a country to... Enable. I don't. I don't think this can be stopped because because shuls don't have here uh, the ability to pay a cantor to take control of this, you know, because they really they, they don't care and they don't care, they just don't care. The young people 
Of course, they have non, nothing to do with it. And the old people, they don't have the money for it. They don't have the patience for it. They don't have to, the, 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 you know, the, the koach to fight, you know, in the, in, between, in the synagogues, you know, with the, with the community, with the committee or something. And I don't, I don't really see, I, I don't really know or see a way to stop it. Just a couple more questions for you, uh, Dudu, and then uh, I think you know we need to be fair to let you go. As you said, it's almost the middle of the night there in uh, in Netanya. Uh, these are relatively quick questions. Ivan and Karen Brodsky uh, want to know what shul in Winnipeg did you daven in? It was called Bnei Avraham. Bnei Avraham. The rabbi was Rabbi Weitzman, and and the, and the and the president was Morris Hirsch, my friend, who brought me into the cantorial world. Morris Hirsch, may he rest in peace. Melanie Uranovsky asks, do you remember your JNF trip to South Africa? Um, not really. No is a perfectly acceptable answer. That, there, that's fine. There were so many trips. <laughs> there were so many trips in my life. <laughs> Uh, and then, and then the final question I, I'm going to ask you, um, and incidentally, we've started quite an interesting debate in the chat about Nusach. Just a reminder that that's a future one, the voice of the cantor. Um, Lynn Roth asks, and I'm going to leave this as the final one: When you have some quiet time, whose singing do you listen to? When I have, when I have time, when I when I'm listening to music, I listen to everything. I listen to rock, uh, pop music, musicals, operas. Uh, cantorial, I love every every everything that is written in in music uh, uh, chords. You know, in do re mi fa sol la si do, I love. Well, I'm going to hand over to Alex in a second, um, just to 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 formally thank you. Uh, but uh, just to remind everybody that's on that this is a fortnightly series that we've started today. The next in this series is actually a fortnight today, Wednesday, the 17th of March. The subject is crossing the pond. The Nusach is the same, the music is similar, so what's different in working on either side of the Atlantic? And we have three long-serving cantors who have practiced both in the UK and in North America. Uh, one from Orthodox, cantor Reni Rogoznitsky, who many of you will know at Parkey Synagogue in New York. Cantor Jason Green from Kehillat Beth Israel Congregation in Ottawa, uh, who is conservative. Uh, and Rabbi Cantor Gershon Sillins, uh, a reform cantor and rabbi, uh, practicing at West London Synagogue in London. Uh, that's in two weeks' time. Uh, Alex, over to you to thank Dudu. Um, Dudu, thank you so much for sharing our launch of the series. It's always a pleasure speaking to you having a conversation and it's been such a, as I say, a long time and a pleasure. And I'm hoping, please so one day, you'll join us at one of our cantorial conventions when you can tell some of our youngsters and give them some chizuk on, yeah. on their careers. That will be, that is something on my list that I would love you to do and, uh, Maybe sometime in the future, if you can spare a few days, I would love to. I would love to see you, uh, meet with you again, and thank you so much for your time and your pleasure. And I would like to hand it over now to um, Mike Wise, who wants to say a few words, please. Thank you. you know, I uh, I wanted to say more than anything, thank you to uh, to uh, Alex, to Russell, and Geraldine for bringing 
such a wonderful program uh, to the Cantor's Assembly. Uh, Dudu, thank you so much. It was a fascinating interview. It was really a, a pleasure to uh, to get to hear your story, and uh, we'd love to hear. Uh, we'd love to continue the conversation about Nusach. Uh, we, we obviously share a lot of the same uh, the same concerns, um, but in any case, I. Uh, as with regard to uh, the uh, this budding partnership with the ECA, um, God willing, we it will continue to grow and we will uh, share and uh, create many, many more programs uh, together in the future. I want to thank everyone for uh, for taking the time to be with us today. We do have uh, many, many programs uh, coming up, uh, including a, a program this Sunday called the, the, the Great Chazanim of Switzerland which is uh, not necessarily a place that you, you think of as having a tremendous cantorial tradition, but you would be mistaken because there are some truly world-class cantors that have been through there. And uh, we will have that program coming this Sunday at 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Uh, for those of you who are in uh, different time zones, we, we will everything is recorded. We will always, always be rebroadcasting it. But um, I'll leave it at that for now. And, uh, and thank you all for being here. Thank you once again. And uh, have, a, have a wonderful day or a wonderful evening, depending on where you are. Thank you very much for having me. And I wish you lots of success. All the best to you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Laila Tov. Laila Tov, everyone. Laila Tov.